fierce looking Dodge Challenger have one of those pathetic little engines they squeeze nah, into them? No, nah, no, nah, this thing roars. It's uh, Does it? Yeah, yeah. It's um it, it's got the muscle under the hood. Oh, I can't believe I even said that. Who says that? I've never yeah, I've, ne- so, I've six, never I'm not even really a car guy. Is it a V eight or a six? I got no idea, James. Unapologetically hypeless and heartfelt. This is kicking back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Joel, there he is. Good buddy, how you doing? Good. What are you up to? Ah, just, uh, just about to go to bed shortly. It's uh, what time is it? It's like quarter to quarter to one here in Detroit. Oh, Detroit! Everyone raves about Detroit. I know Detroit, Detroit Rock City, the home of Motown and frequent shootings. What are you doing there? Um, visiting Jonathan's mum. Oh yeah, yeah, Doreen. Yeah, she's a lovely lady, and just had all of his family over. His sister Nancy and Gail, and yeah, all all of the nephews. So yeah, it was a great great night tonight to catch up on old times with everybody. Yes. Yes. Was good. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm doing good. Good, good. All, all's well back on the home front. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, basically, I've got four surfboards in for a pair, two wetsuits in for a pair, and uh, just got a clear desk, and I'm all set to travel next week. <laughs> four surfboards in for a pair. What? What have you? What sort of surf have you been doing? Uh, You've been doing like the some major competitions. It's been pretty big. It's been pretty big the surf here, and I've got uh, Taki borrowed one, and he got run down and fin chopped, size of a golf ball. Uh, in the other three, uh, Ezra's board, uh, you know that Keith borrowed. They've pulled the strap so hard on the back it split the back of the board, and then there's two of mine uh, that are potentially suffering a similar fate my shorter board has um basically been tumbled around in the whitewash so severely that it's the strap's been pulling on the edge and it needs to be reinforced and uh and my eight six which my sort of everyday board is just starting to get a little crack so it needs to be sealed this kind of defeats the whole purpose of surfing being like a meditative sport you know <laughs> oh, no, when you're sitting out the back, it's just a bit between the beach and getting out the back that involves running the gauntlet and quite often get cleaned up. Oh, well, as long as you're safe, mate. As long as you're not needing to go into for repairs, that's the main thing. I'm safe. I've got like a corked leg. My left leg got a bit of a bing in the thigh, and my right arm, a little bit of a stretch in a way that it's not supposed to stretch when I landed in a big tumble, tumble wash. But, uh, I'm pretty good, actually. I'm still lean and mean, fighting machine. Good to hear. You know, I've been talking to a lot of people out here, and I was telling them about, uh, you know, our escapades um, going surfing. So many people are like, oh no, I could never go out in the Australia is so dangerous. You got those those sharks and blue bottles and and those jellyfish, and no, 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 I, I wouldn't be surfing out there. Well, they have four times more chance of being killed by their refrigerator than a shark surfing. <laughs> well, is that from eating too much? No, no. Like literally in America, people die from having a refrigerator fall on top of them. <laughs> that sounds like some kind of Tom and Jerry scenario. Yeah, but it's like serious. Like you got basically in your house, you've got electricity, you've got water. You, you know, it's pretty dangerous. I mean, it's far more dangerous crossing the road or driving a car. Than it is surfing. Yeah, 
Well, that's uh, the, you make a valid point there. I should tell them now. Okay, do you own a refrigerator? That's it. You're, you're dicing with death every day. Well, you're at my danger of being killed. Hey, by the way, I got a question to ask you. Yeah. Are we recording yet? I am recording on the. <laughs> okay. Just in case. <laughs> so this, is, this is like the preamble to the actual podcast, but um, or oh, this is the podcast. Well, fuck it. All of our podcasts are just a preamble to something. Yes, we don't, know what that, we don't. We don't know what that something is. Yeah, I, I never know what to expect, so I just hit record now. And I, whenever I talk to you from now on, I just want you to assume that I'm recording. Okay, good, good. I'll call you up like for a random call on the mobile. I'll yeah, like, hang on, hang on a minute, Joel. Okay, go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So after I spoke to you that night, because we were up with we were up talking with Jonathan on the last podcast until that was like. 1.30 in the morning or something out here that we were uh, in 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 Vegas that we were um, that we were talking then I had to get up at about five o'clock the next morning to hit the road so I had about four hours to, um, sleep um, four and a bit hours sleep that night I got up that morning um, the sun hadn't come up yet I meditated had my shower and then was going out towards the front door and then Jonathan was just waiting for me at the front door to say goodbye. He had got up early in the morning to, to say goodbye to me. So he was only on a few hours sleep. And I thought, oh, that was so nice, you know. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then, uh, then I hit the road and uh, stopped off in a town um, called Baker on the way out. And I hadn't been there. It's actually Baker is the home of the world's largest thermometer. That's their big claim to fame. <laughs> and, well, I mean, that's probably still more impressive than some of the the big sites at home, like yeah, the big yeah. ram. Well, yeah, the, or, big, the giant prawn or the yeah. giant banana. But at least the thermometer serves a purpose, you know. And actually, as you're driving on the freeway, you see, um, thank God I have the windows up and the air conditioning blaring as I'm driving through the Mojave Desert. So it's um, you know it lets you just know what the temperature is uh, that that you're missing out on in the comfort of your air conditioned automobile. But the sad did thing did you is, drive to Detroit? Um, no, 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 no. I got no, uh, that's no. a long way. Yeah, no, no. I drove to Vegas. Drove to Vegas. But the um, sadly, the thermometer no longer works. Much like the rest of the town of Baker, it was um, it was really sad. I, I it had been a long time since I had driven through that town. And to see like all the old diners that I'd been to before were all shut down, broken windows, signs half, you know, half falling apart and um, vacant inside and a hotel there, the, the Arnie's Royal Hawaiian Motel. It's on the side of the road. It's just dead palm trees, smashed windows. And, well, Arnie's got his own hotel. <laughs> Come on, you've got to stay here. You've got to get out of here. Yeah, that, that place was abandoned. In fact, I did look quickly. I had to stop and do a quick little um, video postcard from there, which uh, I'll, I'll upload at some point, which we'll upload at some point. You've been uh, prolific with your video postcards yeah. on joelosborne.com. N- nice, nice product placement there. I appreciate yeah. that, James. Oh, it's su- subtle. Did you like <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I liked it, how you pr- how changed the whole tone for it. Well, you know, one of the points of us doing a podcast is that you actually get an audience <laughs> and that you've, yes. you've really – I mean, man, you have sunk your teeth into this online marketing know, thing you, like you, a champion. Look what you've done to me. We've created a monster. You're sending in these these video postcards. You're making me jealous Bam. because I'm not I'm not even making as many videos and and podcasts as you. Yeah, look at and you. it's not even your full time gig. Yeah, no, it's not. It's That's awesome. Not, well, you've um, you know, I've you know, a few things have rubbed off. 
on me. You know, you've uh, you've been on me about this for a while. It's um, been quite a while that you've been on me to have some sort of content to put up online. And it's not as hard as you th- you would have thought. It's, well, n- not when I've got James Shramko in my corner. <laughs> The team, yeah, the team just uh, scoop it up and the turn it into. I know. I just, I just, I just, you know, put it in Dropbox. Into, yeah, say something into my iPhone and use the Rode mic that you gave me, and then I, yeah, put it, put it in, into Dropbox, and suddenly it's up online and looking like I, I know what I'm doing from a professional, you know, internet point of view. And here's the thing, right? It's it starts off slow. The audience starts off slow. I chuckled about our email the other day, <laughs> but it gets bigger, like it yeah. snowballs. But you know, it's weird the amount of people that I've been seeing or sending me messages about it uh, that have been watching them too. So it's um, you know, well, I've been posting a few on Facebook, give you a bit of a jump start. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you, James. But it's it's, right. uh, it's um yeah I've got and I've got a heap more here that I've got I've just got to get time to edit this stuff because we don't edit them too much just send them off yeah okay I will well just well just at least yeah yeah put them into the Dropbox or uh, by edit I mean upload them onto my laptop and put them into the Dropbox <laughs> that for me is the edit <laughs> process but it's um right. yeah I got to um I got I got I got some more to uh to send through I got I got a bunch on the way back and then I got another one um. Back in uh, another one back in LA, and then because after we spoke last, I, I did that early morning drive um, back to LA, and then um, met up with Vanessa, and then we went back into because Vanessa really wanted to see the um, the um, the soundstage uh, rehearsal for Sullivan and Son for Steve's um, sitcom. Yeah. So we went in there, and uh, then. Um, that night, I um, stayed out at LAX at the um, the Radisson there, and I did my you know my usual upgrade. Um, yeah, oh, totally, man. Rock, rock bottom um, uh, room, and then got upgraded to the king king um, bedroom. So, that so was, did you call the uh, hotel and impersonate yes, your agent? Well, yeah, that, that's kind of that, that technique is on the lowdown, but essentially that's what I did, and then. Um, <laughs> Hello to the Radisson, by the way, if you're listening. Yeah, yeah. Hello, um, hello to the um, yeah the duty manager there, um, Carlos, I think it was. And um, then I was staying. Then we had a 6:45 a.m. flight out of LA that next morning to New York. And of course, I put the call into um, to the hotel in uh, at the Hyatt Times Square and got upgraded to the corner uh, corner suite, two bedroom suite. So that was uh, sweet so to speak. And um, yeah, that was great. Had a great time in New York. That was really, uh, yeah, it's been a real highlight of the trip. Saw six um, shows, six productions during my five-day stay. Did you go and uh, visit Ezra? No, you know what? On the last day, I thought, shit, I've forgotten Ezra. And yeah, I never got a chance to get out to Brooklyn, which I was kind of mad about. I didn't get time to do that. But as it is, I my the time there was so jam packed. I didn't, you know, I was yeah. um, getting minimal sleep. And like I said, I saw six plays out there. Saw some great productions. Uh, one called A Raisin in the Sun with um, uh, Denzel Washington. And then the night after I was there, there was like police everywhere. When I went, to, I was going to see Of Mice and Men the following night with James Franco and Chris Adod in it. And, Hang on, yeah. James Shramko. James Shramko. <laughs> James Franco. <laughs> <laughs> There's a chicken scene in one of those movies, and it's like this guy's called his duck, 
James Franco, yeah. and people email me. They go, hey, this guy's got a duck with your name. <laughs> they replay it like three times. They go, yeah, oh, my duck's called James Fram- James Franco. Yeah, well, you, you, it does sound very yeah, similar. It does. Well, yeah. you, you've done some acting before, you know. And actually, I saw a play with your old acting um, compadre from um, Bill's wedding, from Muriel's wedding, Tony Collette. She was in a production. Oh, okay. She was in a production called the The Real Joneses with Michael C. Hall, who plays. Was she um, good? Yeah, she was. She was. Yeah, she's she's a solid she came actress. from a theatrical background before yeah. the movies. Right, right. Well, she, yeah, she, she's, she knows what she's doing up there. Yeah, I imagine she'd be an extremely good actor. Yeah, now. she was. She really knows how to project her voice as well. You know, she's she's got the chops on stage. Yeah. And um, Michael C. Hall, you know, the guy who plays Dexter, that show Dexter. Yep. And um, Marissa Torme was in it too. She's a, she's solid. N- another guy called Tracy Letts, who's a great playwright. Hang on. Film. A guy? Yeah, called Tracy. Called Tracy. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. That's yeah. got to be a hassle. Yeah, yeah. I, What's I your name? Have, Tracy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, I'd come up with a different name, I think. I know, I know. And he had stubble and all. He, um, <laughs> but he's um, he 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 made uh, he wrote a play. He's from a um acting troupe called the Step Steppenwolf um acting group in Chicago, and they're they're great. They're they're really um they're, they've got a lot of um lot of great plays that they put on. He put on a play called Osage County in Sydney, which was a Steppenwolf production, and then the film the play was turned into a movie recently with um Meryl Streep and Julia Roberts. But he um yeah, but the, it was great acting. The pl- the the, I don't know. It was a lot of laughs in there, but as a whole, uh, the play I wasn't overly, um, you know, I didn't walk out of the theater totally inspired. But um, the acting was great. And do you ever wonder if people do that on your performances? <laughs> yeah, the comedian was great, but the actual material, yeah, that was a bit. Uh, that was a bit. Yeah, well, like do you, no, but do you, do you reflect on that thinking? Gee, yeah. I wonder if people leave my show like this. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure some people are always going to leave. Like you can't, you can't, you can't please everybody. You know, sure, people are going to leave feeling that. But then, for those few people, there are going to be others that leave uh, that are going to be, um, you know, impressed. I think or, or take away something from it. But um, it was the only show though that I saw that didn't get a standing ovation. In um, every show, got oh really? Over. So they know they know it wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. But you know they're great actors, though. It's uh, I, you know, I don't want to rag on it at all. But yeah, it was the one show that didn't get a standing up. But it's the, 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 like there's, there's been some music conference lately, and I saw two news items. One was Pharrell blaming the wind on his terrible performance. Right. Was and it then, was it an outdoor concert? Yeah. Right. And then the other one was Lord. Yeah. Just saying, she just loved it. It was the best conference oh, ever. She oh, owned it. Oh, they were on the same bill, were they? Same conference. Oh, right, right. Okay. Well, what do you think there? Well, I don't know. It can come down to an audience as well. But sometimes you're not on. You know, sometimes you have a night where you 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 know you just don't connect, and there'll be another someone else that connects, and that's the, that's the way that it goes. It's there's a lot of especially in, yeah in in live performances a lot of variables that go into it. And then comedy stand up on a whole another level is a lot more fragile than other performances. You know, like with music, you know, you can deliver, but the audience plays a big part in comedy. You know, it's like a two. Are you going to take on some of Jonathan's gags? What in my well? Here's the thing. After that discussion that we had the other night, see, I was talking with um Steve Byrne, comedian Steve Byrne. 
of Sullivan and Son, who no one, none of our listeners are going to know about. Yeah, because well, and, and, and that's the that's the <laughs> famous recording that we. Yeah, the, the, I it's I like, lost it's the legendary. And, uh, it's like the feel, lost tapes, you know. I feel terrible about that. It will be mysterious to the end of time. Yeah, but, but um, <laughs> I think we might be. Uh, I think Steve's up for doing another one with us. I, so. I hope so. I'd love to redeem myself. Well, we can. Um, don't worry. I, I think I think we can make that happen. But I was talking with Steve about just about the stories about Jonathan and my history. And Steve said, you should write a book about this. You know, there's so much in this. And a few people have said that. And I thought, you know what? I, th- I think it would be good to turn it into a one-man show about, you know, the story of my time with Jonathan. And I think so. It was, I, I thought it was one of the most peculiar podcasts I've ever been involved with. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was you? sad. It was funny. It was awkward at times yeah. it was Revealing. difficult uh but but also i felt that that it was i thought we were creating something useful and and we've had some good reviews from it oh really okay yeah i've had people writing me on facebook about it too um oh really saying yeah saying how impressed and when you say were. people not just greg no <laughs> <laughs> we got we got like one super fan, yeah, Greg Merrilies. Big shout out to Greg. Yeah, Greg, Greg's, uh, Greg's great. And then then there's the rest. Well, Greg's, Greg was a Jonathan fan from way back too. Like he really. Yes, uh, that's yeah. true. But he um yeah no people have been writing just yeah seeing this um kind of this other side of Jonathan you know that he that he revealed in that and shit that he was revealing about me too. You know, I, li- I like that he takes um, so much. Uh, he finds so much humor in my abandonment issues from when I was a child. Well, someone uh, someone privately commented to me that they thought that was a little bit mean. And um, well, you know, that's Jonathan's style. Like he he likes to uh, he likes to dig deep and uh, pull out uh, awkward awkward things about people. Like, and uh, they said that they actually felt sorry for him for for doing that. Really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of it is kind of mean. It's like this hidden. It's your show, and it's kind of a a yeah. big deal. Like well, I wouldn't joke about it uh, to you, <laughs> but, but you would laugh about it. So that's all right. No, even me being an insult comedian, yeah, I, yeah. I actually could have made a joke about it before, but I didn't. Yes. I held myself yes. back. Well, that's, so that's uh, there's yes. a line I don't cross. Oh, there, there we go. We found we found the line, and uh, um, that we is found my yeah. line. Am I, does that mean I'm developing? It does. It does. You're growing a comedic heart, which is good. <laughs> no, but but I also but I have a you know I do have a a preservation gene. Uh, you know I actually feel obligated to uphold and protect my co-host because I feel yeah, it would yeah. really help the show continue. Likewise, <laughs> but likewise, and, there's, there's there's like this kind of you know we got each other's back, which uh, which is good, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like you've imprinted on me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, well, I like that. You know, we're we're looking out for each other. It's like brothers in arms. We're going into battle here, and you know, we we've got each other's uh, interest at heart. So, by yeah. the way, there's somebody out there who's going into battle with podcasters, and they're enforcing trademarks. They're ca- called um, trademark trolls or or whatever, and they're trying to say that the that a serialized podcast is there trademark and they've gone after a very famous podcaster called i can't remember no i know his name see i yeah. said very famous and then yeah. i can't remember that yeah, was yeah, joke. yeah 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 no, uh, i like his that his name's corolla yeah and they're sort of funding now a fight fund to protect it on behalf of all podcasters mm. i saw it in the in the news the other day yeah well, 
that's, so um, that's hopefully we'll still be able to podcast in the future. Yeah, wow. So, <laughs> like we well, could be doing something illegal. Well, I, but, well, then you know that makes it all. Fuck, it's, it's I like, love it. It's it's, 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 yeah, it's like bootlegging. You know, it's kind of uh, you know we're, we're kind of at the forefront here of you know some kind of racketeering um, <laughs> racketeering front. You know, we, we're going to be like professional bootleggers and have to start talking like yeah, see, like back in the day. So. I yeah, think, uh, I think we could be on the cutting edge of some, uh, you know, we can. What I'm basically saying is, we could get very rich off a podcast, and we could bootleg this stuff out there. You know, I, did, was, reading, uh, I was reading a book did, about did, the mafia, but anyway, go on. Oh, I've got a book about the mafia on my coffee table. When I said a book, I'm reading. I bought a magazine at the airport the other day. Oh no, when I said a book, I mean a fucking book. Yeah, when I said covers, it's a hardcover coffee table book. Uh, I bought it from the same bookshop, the little charming bookshop where I bought the. It's three o'clock, by the way, where yeah. I bought all the other books that are on my coffee table. Right. And my goal is to keep buying them until the coffee table makes an indelible mark in the carpet. Nice. Okay. <laughs> and, then, and you have a heap of boarding passes. And I haven't even opened the cover on this book yet. So in terms of partially completed book reviews, it, it's a really <laughs> early start it's on a, that it's one. It's a book cover. Review. It looks great yeah. from the cover though. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I look forward to talking about that because um, – there's, uh, I find that fascinating, the history of the mafia. In fact, where I'm staying here in Detroit, literally a two-minute drive from here in Bloomfield Hills, where, I, where I'm at at the moment. Is, the boot of a car. Well. well <laughs> on well, the trunk. Yeah. Sorry. The trunk. The trunk. Come on. What the am trunk. I saying? Yeah. You know Jimmy Hoffa? No. Well, he was, he's really, he's really um, famous here in America because he was head of the Teamsters, which was a union group who, he, who was the most powerful union in, in America. And he was the president of the Teamsters from the 60s, or maybe even, yeah, from the 60s through to the day that he went missing in the 70s. Uh, I can't remember the exact date, but he, um, the last place that he was ever seen was at outside of this uh, restaurant here in Bloomfield Hills, which is like two minutes away. July the 30th, 1975. That was it. And it was and nice. I like that. Uh, Wikipedia, it's an amazing thing. He was 62 years old, apparently. Yeah. Well, there was a movie made about it, which I really enjoyed. I found it fascinating. Um, and Jack Nicholson played, uh, played him in the movie, a movie called Hoffa. And yeah, that was the last place it was ever seen. No one knows any, no one knows what happened to him. There's all these theories that the mob got him because the mob was tied up with the, with the union and the Teamsters. And um, you know he wasn't he wasn't towing the line, and they say there's all these different theories. Some say that he was buried alive. Others say that he was put into a wood chipper. Others say that he was that he never that he just um, took off and went went underground. And uh, there was another theory that he was put in um, chopped up and put into a barrel and buried. And the FBI was did a whole huge investigation into it. He was never found, so no one ever knows what what happened to him. But his car was left in the car park outside of the restaurant. And wow! And so you know, I just thought talking of the mafia. That's a little uh, little little tidbit there. Well, they think that Charles Chucky O'Brien was something to do with it. Ch- oh, old Chucky, you can't trust old. His longtime family friend that the FBI found DNA from Hoffa's hair in a 1975 Mercury Marquis Brougham, driven okay. by longtime friend Charles Chucky O'Brien. And here a moment ago, you're just saying you don't know who Jimmy Hoffa. Never is. heard of him before. But this is the this is the thrill of. The internet yes. and Wikipedia. Yes. Every, of course, everything on Wikipedia is true. You can sound so learned 
you know. Yeah, man, I could tell you about Jimmy Hoffman. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're telling they me. They say that judge that. yourself by the size of your enemy, and he was like, he had Nixon against him. Yeah, yeah. Well, John Lennon had Nixon against him, and you know what happened there. Yeah, so like that's a that's a battle to the death, really. I went to John Lennon's house um, a few days ago in New York, the, the where his apartment that he lived in, the Dakota Building, in um, just on um, Central Park there. And so, he, what's this trip all about? What this trip that I'm doing? Well, mainly it's yeah. catching up with old friends. You know, the main is it, or is it is it the evolution of Joel, like the new chapter, transcending the mentor, um, closing a chapter, yeah, opening w- a new one? Well, if you want to look deep into it, you could you could find all of those um, underlining themes, those underlining meanings and themes. Uh, I think could be found there. But for me, the main reason was to come and see friend, my, some of my good friends that I haven't seen in years, and like today. You know, today was great catch, like spending time with Doreen, um, Jonathan's mum, and seeing the whole family, spending time with Jonathan, seeing my good friend Himes, who's out in Vegas, spend, you know, spending the week with Steve. And yeah, just, um, and, and I caught up with a mate of mine, James Smith, who's a fellow um, Australian comic who. Smithy? Smithy, got old Smithy, who, uh, I saw at the Comedy Cellar the other night in Greenwich Village, which was right next door to Cafe Wa, where, um, Bob Dylan got his start in New York and in the folk scene there and Bill Cosby played there, Jimi Hendrix, Springsteen, Lenny Bruce, the list goes on. So it's um So you're enjoying the trip. I'm enjoying it, man. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's been uh, a lot of fun. And actually, we had a last yesterday when we got in here into Detroit, there was it was it was kind of chilly, but it was all right, but the temperature just dropped like I'd never felt the temperature drop like that in in the matter of a few hours. And then this morning when we woke up, it was a winter wonderland. Everything was covered with snow. Wow. Did you go to Canada? No, no, but I'm right next door. But um, yeah, it's I across the river. Yeah, I haven't haven't had a chance. Haven't had time. It costs you like it's either two dollars fifty or four dollars or something. Yeah, minuscule. I, I, I should have, but uh, you know, uh, today was. Um, I think it's called Windsor. Right, right. Are you looking on? Are you looking at a map at the No, moment? no. I I was in Detroit oh, and okay. I went across to Canada for dinner, oh, and nice. they were going to give me a hard time about Visa border control. And, yeah. So like, why are you in? Uh, why did you come to Canada? I, I just I was staying in Detroit. Looked across the river. I said, "What's that place?" They said, "That's Canada." And I said, "No way, really." Yeah. They said, "Yes." So I thought, you know what? I think I'll go to dinner in Canada. Nice. And they're like, "Where is your luggage?" I said, "Well, it's in my hotel room in Detroit." You don't like, how long are you staying anyway. for? Just the night. Yeah. Do you have any cash? Well, I've got Amex and I've got Visa. <laughs> I just want to have dinner, and they weren't going to let me in. And, and then they went, oh, hang on a minute. You're James Franco, the international No, 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 star. they didn't. But the friend that I was traveling with um, convinced them to let me in. Oh. And then I got a bus back over there that night. And then they were going to give me a hassle on coming back to Detroit. Why are you coming to America? I'm like, well, oh, I'm staying in a hotel here. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been in Canada? Just tonight. I went for dinner. Like apparently no one does that. Now, was the, was the dinner worthwhile or was it worth the hassle? I made an amazing discovery about Canada. It was my first trip to Canada, and in Canada, it's all women everywhere. Wow. Women absolutely everywhere. The restaurant, all women. It was like this weirdest thing. And I said to the waitress, "Like, why? Why? How come there's how come there's only women in Canada?" She said, "Well, there's an ice hockey game, and all the guys go around to each other's houses, and all the women go out for a girls' night out." I said, hmm. "Uh huh, that explains yeah, it." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. That's um, 
you know, that, that's a good little travel tip to pick up on when you've got a big hockey game on. If you're a single, big hockey game, you're a single go guy, out to the go, restaurants, go to all Canada, the girls will be out there. Hop the border and you're set. So maybe there's a big game on. You can whip over the border. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I haven't even got. Um, I got to be up in the morning at uh, I don't know what time. I'm flying back to LA tomorrow morning, so. It would have been great to go and see a game over there. I went to um, Canada years ago, and it's a uh, it's a lot more laid back than America. And, uh, Except for the games, they're not laid oh, back. No, it's no, the games. It's a, it's a fight yeah. legalized by an, yeah. ice, an ice rink. Yeah, and when you got these blades on your feet and hockey sticks, it's, uh, it makes for an enjoyable. Uh, what someone said? What was it? I, I went to I went to a fight, and a hockey match broke out. <laughs> hey, just I just thought this was really interesting. Do you know what James Hoffer's middle name is? Uh, Tremco? No, go on. No, Riddle. Riddle. Yeah, wow. and the guy like disappears yeah, with, without wow. a trace. That's a that's a good find there. That's ironic. Yeah, it is. That is a good example of irony. Uh, Arj Arj Barker and I we usually have like sometimes we'll say that's ironic and you go really is it and then we have a whole sort of deconstruction of what irony is. But that is a good example of irony. That's definitely ironic. That is a good example of irony. I was trying to find a bookstore today and then I saw a head because I went to um, like 14-mile road then 10-mile road then 11-mile road and then I thought if I just keep on going two more um, roads, I'm going to be on 8-mile road. And I went and I drove down 8-mile road where um, – Eminem, Eminem, yeah, his old stomping ground. So uh, I pulled, I pulled up. I wanted to get a photo of myself doing a lame impression of Eminem <laughs> outside well, of Eight I mean, Mile Did Road. you do it? Because I, you only had one shot. <laughs> one shot, and I got it. And uh, <laughs> and uh, I said, "Mama, I'm sorry, you know, that I'm putting myself in this situation of." Uh, it was go weird. white rabbit, Joel. Uh, it was weird, and I as so I tried to drive around the outside, around the outside, but I had to go down into this. Uh, suburb um that was really dodge i'm driving in this um red challenger this dodge mm-hmm. challenger this like uh, this modernized sort of muscle car and the guy i could see a guy watching me from the porch and then he stepped forward and it was like one of those things like in slow motion when you drive by and you make eye contact and the guy's just watching me as i'm driving past and then i looped back around and i had to park in this deserted car park next to a pawn shop and the guy from the pawn and it's snowing the guy from the pawn shop walks out of the doorway and just looks at me and i look down he's holding something and i thought is that a gun what the hell's he got in his hand there and it was a hairdryer a silver hairdryer that he was holding in his hand it was so weird so i quickly jumped out of the car ran got my photo doing my lame eminem impression in front of eight mile road street sign and jumped back in my car, and then the guy had walked back inside and was watching. Does, does this fierce-looking Dodge Challenger have one of those pathetic little engines they squeeze nah, into them? No, nah, no, nah, this thing roars. It's, does uh, it? Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, it's got the muscle under the hood. Oh, I can't believe I even said that. Who says that? I've never... I've <laughs> ne- so, I've never you're not even really a car guy. Is it a V8 <laughs> or a 6? i got no idea, James. And I, I don't know. There's roar and then there's roar, right? Yeah, but this, like, there's but like these, these, and then there's yeah. This thing, this thing does its job. It, and you know what? Here's a little trick for everybody. Okay. When Joel's you when, when you go to hire a car, there's a um, I think it's called CarRentals.com. If you're coming from Australia to America, get it through that company because they, when you buy the car, they also put insurance on top of the price, into the price for you. So you pay a little bit more, but you pay less than what you would if you bought insurance directly from the from the car company. 
uh, car rental company. And Can I one up you? No, no, I've got uh, this continues. This continues. Oh, okay. Get the base level bottom economy car and then upgrade when you get there because to buy to get this sort of car it was like triple the price but i only paid eight dollars extra a day because i upgraded there at the counter so that's a, little, a good tip it's, a, it's similar to airfares quite often i'll go to the counter and there's an on-the-spot upgrade that is only available at the point of sale really Yep, like uh, when I was in... But you're risking it then, aren't you? What if the flight's N- overbooked? No, when I was in, uh, where was I? Philippines, traveling to the US, there was an uh, on-the-spot upgrade to, to go up a class. And right. um, here's another travel tip. Like if you do travel a lot, get the highest level Amex card because it automatically includes car insurance and travel insurance oh, and stuff. Oh, really? As long as you're more than a hundred and something kilometers from your home or whatever, right. you, you're covered for car insurance. And huh, did you bother getting an international driver's license? Nah, you just use nah. an Australian one. It's you, a bit of a back, con. Back in the old days, I used to say you got to get one. But then I realized you don't even need one out here. No, uh, you, it's, <laughs> it's like ridiculous. You don't have to wear a seatbelt oh, in America. God, it's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't even have to have a passport. You know, you do have to have a passport. But it's um, have you told um our, our good friend Brent about that um? About the um that little uh saving when you do the see I don't know if Brent would go into that because that's like you got to well, be he, on, he, on the ground. The, the fortunate trenches. thing is he's an avid fan of this show, so he now knows it without me even having to tell him. All right, Brent. Well, there you go. But Brent he's, put me onto the Apex card, which oh, was just cool. well. Brent's awesome. been sen- sending me little tips along the travel. I actually I sent him a message about the um the upgrade to the two bedroom suite at the Hyatt on Times Square, and um he was he was happy with that. He was impressed with that. So we we have our little <laughs> have a little thing now, sending each other messages. We about. shared a moment at that little desk of yours, so I I get it. We did, we did. We had that moment where he was uh, he was besotted with the desk, and I had to uh, had to show you that you know the desk is uh, a, a place of uh, you know serious work can get done there. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> Not just childish uh, childish writing. So we're going to have any more special guests? Yep, we are. We've got so much more to talk about. But, you know, I think on this, because I've got to go to bed shortly, so I would love yep. to keep on talking. But I've I got stuff to t- tips on the Empire State Building and um, tips on plays, buying tickets for plays in New York um, and Barack Obama going to the play the night after I was there. Oh, uh, really? I, so I, you, what you could do is you could mention them all, open up a few loops, as we say, yeah. and we won't close them until the next show. Okay. So what I don't I don't understand. So this is like what we do it to be meant. continued. Okay, and we can just do we can just add that onto this podcast at a later date. No, no we I do I another don't... podcast. Oh, okay. It's okay. never basically we don't cover them now. Okay. We'll do them later. That <laughs> that is kicking back. <laughs> that's kicking back, man. Like, well, that's like seriously, we are just kicking back. I mean, we're just are. checking in. For... I really appreciate that you've taken time out of your. Big visit to call me late at night and to give us an update because we'll be able to put it out to the audience raw, uncut, uncut, well, mildly for, edited. For, for you, we'll put an intro and outro. For you, James. That's it. I don't know if you listened to the last episode, but they no. really did record everything we said. Oh, really? They did. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Oh, well, that's you know that's what this show's about. We we don't hide anything. There's nothing hidden no, at all. Nothing hidden. Uh, only only subliminal messages. Um, which I don't even know what they are. They're that, they're that subliminal and that deep. I don't even know what the hell those messages are. 
It's like our subliminal podcast that's very, very low subscription rate at this point. <laughs> but it'll, it's actually improving. It By is. the way, we, we are working our way up to 1,000 listens per episode. Are you serious? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. But we can do better, Joel. Yeah, we, but that's... You can ask listeners to share it, tweet Seriously, it. Seriously, man. I, 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 Google Plus it. I had no idea that there was that amount of people listening to this. I know, so we've got to be careful what we say. Uh, wow, we do. You know what? When, um, when Bruce Springsteen had his first few albums... I like uh, that. I like how you compare us to Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> I, I love it. It's good. Well, well he, had, like, he had his um, first album, Greetings from Ashbury Park, and then East Street Shuffle... Wild and the Innocent, East Street Shuffle. And then in his third album, Born to Run. Now, the record label said to him, for when he was um, about to record Born to Run, they said, this has to be the album that, you know, takes you to the next level. Otherwise, you know, I don't think we can continue uh, releasing your albums. And he's, and they said, you know, the, his other album, uh, the Ashbury and uh, East Street Shuffle, had only sold, you know, like, I don't know, 24,000 or 30,000 copies. And he's like, really? 30,000 people have bought my album? He was like really impressed by that. <laughs> <laughs> and the record label was like, nah, you But then, you know, we all know what happens. He released Born to Run and then he became the boss. That was it. He was... Uh, yeah, once you're the boss, there's no turning back. What, I wonder what our boss will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah Maybe we could have him on the show. Man, could you imagine getting Springsteen to have a chat? He's a, in, he's great. You know, I've seen interviews with him. He's um, he's a great guy. We should we should have a thing where we have like our wish list of who yeah, we would want to have on the people, uh, fam- so we could put it out. I think we yeah. it'd be nice to have Arnold Schwarzenegger on the show. Oh, could you imagine? Come on, come on with you. Yeah, I think about. that'd be good. We get and we the, could uh, probably it'd be nice to get Eric Banner on the show. It would. It would. Yeah, <laughs> so, listener, if you have some connections or you want to make it happen. Um, Feel free to connect us up, yeah, but I think it would be really cool to have some of our um, our best joke yeah. um, butts, <laughs> yeah, our, our fodder, famous, yeah, our joke fodder, heroes, yes, and then just some randoms, some randoms. Well, you know what? I think I think I can wrangle uh, Steve Byrne onto the show. For, uh, <laughs> we did it before. <laughs> we just got to get him back. I'm so sorry about that. The lost we, tapes. We will. Steve and when you get back to tapes. Australia, maybe we can round up some. Comedians. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we could I think we could have some fun. It's actually fun having some guests on because like we never really had that in mind, you know, having guests on the show. Never, but I think but, it's but, it relieves uh, our audience from us, which is makes our job easier. Interesting to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rather than surfing and finding um, spots where dead teamsters went missing. Well, I think that the the, uh, the Clint episode, uh, episode eight, was also quite well received. Oh yeah, well Clint Patterson, you know, he's he's a fun guy to 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 you know muck around with. So real. Um, he liked his picture in the end. Um, I don't, has he seen the picture? Yeah. Oh, he has. Did did he respond favorably? Yeah, he thought it was fantastic. Oh, good, good. The Jonathan one was good too. Yeah. Uh, did Did he see it? Um. Yeah. He put a, he put a like on it. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're going to get some sleep, and we'll catch up. Uh, we'll, we'll kick back again. Uh, by the way, this was episode 10. It would have been 11, but it's number 10. So we really, we, we've got oh, we've got double notches in the belt now. Yeah, we do. That's we're double figures. Well done, you. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, I will. Um, I will be talking to you soon.
from from All LA. Right. Good man. Okay, James. Take care, mate. Bye. You've been listening to another episode of Kicking Back with James Shramko and Joel Osborne. Visit kickingback.com for the show notes, pictures, and join the discussion.